Well, as I said in my message to you all yesterday, this, this is the final one. This is the final beatitude. And <clears throat> this one has, I think, a, a very serious feel to it. And I've thought about it, and in fact, even sitting there a little bit ago, I, I, I've kind of come to conclude why it, it is such a... Uh, what I would consider a, a weighty, a weighty instruction by the Lord. And how I'm going to explain it is, is uh, why it's difficult is when I was little, all right, and again, I've said several times things you should not do. You know, I've tried to illustrate things you should not do. I think um, being persecuted or having difficulties is not a normal way for us to accept life. We enjoy life without troubles, uh, without difficulties. And so my first thought sitting there a little bit ago was, yeah, I, I'm, I was six years old and um, it was my first year in, in school. And I, I, uh, I practiced not getting up in time every morning uh, to go to school, to the point that my mother, um, and after I tell the story, I'll promise you, she got to heaven anyway. <laughs> she implemented the, the proverb, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. And for years, she would tell me, did you remember that I whipped you every day in your first grade year? And I said, I can't hardly forget it. <laughs> she used to, I mean, every morning I would stay in bed and, you know, uh, and uh, I got to where I was expecting the punishment. And she would say funny things like, this is going to hurt me more than you. And I would always say, no, it's not. Well, one day I decided dad was out of town working and it was just mom and I, and you know, there were times I had brought her to tears and everything. But one day I decided I, I, would, like to, I would like to, you know, get away from this, uh, this punishment, this <laughs> trouble every morning. So what I did the night before, uh, I hid every belt in the house that dad had except one. And it was uh, kind of back then in the, in the 50s, it was an elastic belt. So I have to say, I slept very good that night because I knew, well, the next morning, sure enough, you know, she uh, tried to get me up. I laid there, laid there, and she says, finally, I'm, I'm, I'm going to spank you. And I just kind of laid there. <laughs> anyway, she got me up, went in there, and I could hear her in the closets talking to herself. Where are all the belts? She finally got the one that I was hoping she would get, the only one in there, and it was a little elastic thing. So she started whipping me. Uh, I shouldn't say that. She started punishing me, uh, correcting me. <laughs> and I turned to her, and I just started laughing. And she stopped, and then she started laughing. And I thought, okay, I have, a, I have moved away from this punishment. And after she was done laughing, she says, I'm going to tell your dad when he gets home. 
I didn't laugh after that, and when Dad got home, I didn't either. I think it's not, nor- it's not a normal thing uh, for us to enjoy um, persecution, let's say, and I'm going to work with the words here in a little bit. Let me check my time. I'm going to work with the words for a little bit. Uh, it, it's not normal. In fact, we're usually very appalled when we read of things uh, in different parts of the world when someone has been abused or someone has been persecuted or whatever. So, because it's not normal for us to embrace it. it, it's just not. It's not part of our nature. Yet, this last one, what Jesus says is this Blessed are they which are persecuted. For righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. I never really got that. That's why I told that story. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, first of all, when we think of persecution, we think of of, of real physical persecution, which it is very real. But what I want to do this morning is, again, I want to unfold this under my heading, you can never be wrong when you do the right thing. And that's essentially what Jesus is saying. You can never be wrong when you do the right thing, even if someone says you're doing the wrong thing, which we will see that that seems to be the landscape that we are in right now. First of all, the word persecuted here, it's used twice in this passage, but they're different words each time. So the first one means, blessed are you, blessed are they which are persecuted or followed after or pursued because of their righteousness. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Uh, Blessed are you when men shall revile you or insult you or say hateful things to you and then persecute you or, it's a different word, meaning pursue you. They just won't let it lay. You're supposed to be blessed. You're supposed to have a bliss in this. And they say all manner of evil against you falsely. Uh, This word evil is um, hurtful. When they say all kinds of hurtful things that causes you pain within your heart and soul. Rejoice, be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Reward here is your pay, your wages, the remuneration will be great by the hand of God for you. For so Persecuted they the prophets which were before you. I'd like to give a few examples before we get into the actual text and and my my turning of phrases here. You may recall in Colorado there was a Christian baker named Jack Phillips, uh, and it started 10 years ago. He got confronted. uh, He was a baker, had been, that's all he wanted to do was bake, and he was very successful, but One day he decided or he said that he could not make a cake for a couple that were same sex. And he said, I'll make you a cake, but not for your wedding because I don't believe in that. Well, 
The Colorado Civil Rights Commission then laid charges against him, and it went all the way to the district and everything, until finally it went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court backed him and said that they had, mis they had said foul things and they had mistreated his public right. That's one example. There's another one, uh, Family Heritage Alliance, which is a Christian organization, and they simply made a statement and they said that the safest place for kids are, are, in, are in families that have, you know, a mom and or a dad that take care of them. And then it, was, it, it hit the, the, you know, it hit the news. And, and what was said about this Christian group was this, what a dangerous and un-American belief that they have. Then I just read of a teacher, uh, a teacher, and her name is Jessica Tapia, and she stood up to the idea that, um, that if you're born a, a, a male or a female, that that's the bathroom you should go to, and she would not allow uh, her students to go into a bathroom that they were not biologically. Well, she got fired, and she was fired because of her stand that she just believed very, very simply uh, that, that God created man, woman, okay? So what happened then was she was asked why and was she willing to, uh, to change her position to keep her job? And she said this, she says, am I going to obey the district and their directives that don't line up with my beliefs and convictions or, and faith? Or am I gonna stay true Choose my faith, choose to be obedient to the way the Lord has called me to live. I can't, it may be the case that I can't be a Christian and a teacher at the same time. The final example is a man named Josh Alexander. He was hit with a suspension, a student, because he disagreed in a classroom, and this just happened. Uh, he's still in high school, or was. Uh, but he was suspended from school because he simply said that God created two unchangeable genders. He was suspended. He would try to go back to school, and uh, he was arrested and thrown in jail as a student. So I'm going to keep referring to this. Blessed are you when you are pursued or when you are persecuted or when vile things are said against you falsely. These have been portrayed, uh, these, these examples, and they're just, they're very small, but these have been portrayed as someone who is wicked, someone who is racist, someone who is against America, someone who is against family, someone who's against children. All these have been portrayed that way, and yet when you really read and listen to them, they're actually pursuing what they believe to be the right thing. So, as I was looking at this, my title is, You Can Never Be Wrong When You Do the Right Thing. I would say that that's the case with all four of these. They're not wrong, yet they've been said they are wrong. But that brings me to then to the first turn of the phrase. Doing the right thing is, is what's important. So what is the right thing? Well, Jesus says here, Doing the right thing is, is, is righteousness, to do, to pursue, to live righteousness. So what exactly is righteousness? Well, 
Righteousness is defined by God, and he is the only one who has that license and ability to define what is right or what is wrong. In fact, the psalmist asked this twice. Who shall come to the tabernacle of God? Who's going to dwell in his holy hill? He that walks uprightly and works or pursues righteousness and speaks truth in his hearts. That's the first one. The second time the psalmist David wrote, he said, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands, a pure heart, and has not lifted up his soul to his own self. And then later the psalmist writes, Blessed are those who keep and pursue righteousness all the time. Now, when we talk about righteousness, it typically is limited to what God says because when it gets into our world, mankind, humanity's world, we don't talk about righteousness. We talk about rights. We talk about equality. We talk about fair. We talk about remuneration. We talk about all kinds of things. But we always skirt the issue of what right and wrong is as humanity. Jesus had this same thing happen to him. One time there was a man who came to him and he said, Good teacher, what one thing should I do to have eternal life? And Jesus looked him icily in the eyes and he said, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. And if you want eternal life, just simply keep his commandments. So the idea and the source of righteousness accurately, historically, comes from God and comes from God's words, God's directions, and God's instructions to mankind. Which leads me then to turn the phrase again. If it comes from God righteousness, the idea of righteousness, if we're to live and pursue it, it is never right to let mankind determine what's right. Never. I'm going to give you some reasons why, biblically. First of all, the Bible testifies and history has validated it. The Lord saw that every intent of the thoughts of mankind's heart was only evil continually. That's in the book of Genesis. And our own experience of humanity and mankind has absolutely validated what God saw from the very beginning. The writer of Proverbs says this, and this is why mankind, humanity, should not be in the judging seat as to what's right or wrong. What the writer of Proverbs says, there is a way that always seems right to man, but the end thereof are always the way of death. Now, just stop and think about it. Every time that we try to solve something from humanity's standpoint, we always suffer not only difficulties, but unintended consequences that each time we try to take care of it, it seems to get worse and worse and worse. And that's why that the reins of right and wrong don't belong in the hands of humanity because we confuse it. Job made this, <laughs> made this observation in the book of Job. Can the, pipe, can the reed grow up without a marsh? In other words, can reeds grow up without water? Can reeds flourish without water? 
It's still green and not cut down, but yet it doesn't live. So, are, so is everyone who forgets God and trusts, as it were, in a spider's web. He leans on his house as he's describing humanity, but it does not stand. He holds it fast, but it does not endure. That's another reason that righteousness and right and right and wrong cannot be put in the hands of humanity. Writer of Proverbs says, the way of the wicked, the way that the wicked thinks and lives and acts is simply an, an abomination to the Lord. However, God loves him who pursues righteousness. So we find throughout the scriptures that any time humanity or mankind tries to take the reins as to what is right and wrong, it becomes perverted. It moves from the sacred and ends up profane. The book of John, John 1, specifies this. Men love darkness more than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. And so that's why when, when I'm thinking, when I was thinking about this and in, in finishing this, you know, you can never be wrong when you do the right thing. I thought, well, okay, what's the right thing? The right thing is the righteousness of God. And if it's the righteousness of God, it cannot be in the hands of man. Which leads me to my third turn of the phrase. You can never be right to call right wrong and to call wrong right you'll never be right why because God knows how our hearts work without him he knows how we are in fact God in the book of Isaiah chapter 50 specifically says that he says woe to those who call evil good and good evil woe to those who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. It's never right, never right, to call that which is right wrong and to call that which is wrong right. Yet, as a footnote, we are discovering that that is our landscape even today. Writer of Proverbs says this also, he who justifies the wicked and he who con and, and, but yet condemns the just, both of them are like an abomination unto the Lord. You know, they did this to the apostles. Book of Acts points this out. You had Paul, you had Peter, you had different ones preaching what? what were they preaching horrible things? No, they were preaching and they were teaching that Jesus Christ could change your life forever. He was resurrected from the grave. He lives now. And therefore, no one has to settle for a life full of sin or darkness or, or disappointment. And so they were out preaching that. Well, then what happened was many of them secretly began to get other people to say things against them. And they said, we have heard them speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. Well, that wasn't true. And they ultimately proved it wasn't true. But yet, when you pursue righteousness or rightness or God, certain things may come down the pipe. And that's what Jesus was, I think, telling. In fact, in my mind, 
coming to this. You know, I, I said at the beginning, when Jesus looked out over the crowd and he saw the multitude, then he went up and he sat down and all the disciples came to him and sat down with him. The scriptures say he began to teach them what they were going to have to understand. And it's very easy in my mind to imagine that on this last one, as he was looking at his disciples, he was telling them, this is not as easy as you think it might be. In fact, he had already warned them when two of them wanted to sit next to him, James and John, he looked at them and he said, you do not know what you are asking. So the Christian life, while it's wonderful and there are no regrets, there are times that there will be unjust things, persecution, troubles, there'll be all kinds of things that can happen. But yet Jesus said during these times, if we don't ever lose heart, keep our faith, as Jeremy and Leah were emphasizing, keep our faith and trust God and trust the Lord that what they said is true, even though we go through tough times, persecutions, troubles, whatever, understand that we will be part of the kingdom of heaven, which that is, that is something in the future, yes it is, but we're to have joy in that now, whatever we go through, simply because it's never wrong to do the right thing. You know, I was thinking about how, how this, at least how I unfolded in my mind. And as I mentioned, you know, you, you're, you know, we can never be right when we call right wrong and wrong right, and yet that seems to be the landscape that we're in now. And so therefore, this last one this last beatitude needs to have some gravity to us as God's children. We need to understand that to stand up, to live, you don't have to argue with people, but to stand up and give an answer as to why, which these examples I gave, they gave, they gave reasons. Why are you doing this? Or why did you say that? Because I believe in God and I'm following Jesus Christ. That's, that's why. For that reason and reason alone is where we might find at times, even in our own personal lives, persecution. Maybe not the kind that strips the flesh off your back, but there's other kinds of persecution that affect our lives greatly. In fact, doing right can at times result in wrongs being done to you. You stand up for what you believe, Someone will accuse you of being racist, or someone will accuse you of being this or that. Why? Simply because you believe God's word or you're following Jesus Christ. Jesus says, understand, he said this earlier, understand, they're not doing it to you, they're doing it because of me. They hate me, therefore they're going to hate you. There was one time in the book of Acts, it lists that that there were a lot of people who rose up against Paul and they brought him to the judgment. And what they said to him, he said, this, this man persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. Well, actually he didn't. And actually he was very well schooled because he was a, a not only he was a, a Jew, he studied under the fan of, uh, feet of Gamaliel. He was, uh, 
he was very astute in the Jewish law and he was very astute in Christianity. And yet they accused him. It was false, it was evil, it was slander. But it happened to him nonetheless. Same thing happened to Peter. Peter understood that, you know, sometimes you, you suffer. And he, here's what he says. If you suffer for righteousness, you're blessed. Do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But praise the Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason and the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience, when they defame you or they lie about you as an evildoer, which that's happened recently, I won't go through, there's only a hundred examples in the last few years. Those who detest your good conduct, make fun of you in Christ, it is better if it is the will of God, he says, that we suffer for good rather than suffer for evil. So that's where our rejoicing comes from. And I think that's what the Lord was looking straight at his disciples. Why? Because he knew that there was going to come a time that every one of the disciples, particularly Peter, would not have the courage to suffer. In fact, he was afraid that night, remember? They took Jesus to trial. He followed from a distance. But when he was confronted as to whether or not he was a follower, he faltered, he failed, he denied Christ. And so Jesus, I think, looked at them distinctly and said, understand. You need to have joy if you are persecuted for the right reason because God will not overlook it and God will not forget that. Jesus predicted a time that would come that we would see this. Brother will deliver up brother. Father will deliver up a child. Children will rise up against their parents cause death to them. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. And then he says, but he who endures to the end will be saved. So in this, it is true. Doing right, searching after righteousness, being righteous, loving righteousness may actually bring some unrighteous things into your life. In other words, it may bring harm to you. But God does not wink at that, and God sees that. And he's promised each and every one of us, if you stand and you speak and you confess me, I will confess you. Well, what's that confession like? Oh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So, again, twisting the phrase or turning the phrase, it's never wrong to do the right thing in our Christian Never wrong to do the right thing because if we do the right thing, the promise is theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I wanted to spend a little time before I close on that. What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, you know, we've, we've read, all of us for centuries have wrestled the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. But there's, a, there's some interesting passages that I think capture exactly what this is. I don't know what heaven's like. I have no idea. I have no idea what eternity is like. I can speculate. I can kind of ponder it. Uh, I can 
I can see the great artists who have tried to portray it on canvas. I listen to the great musicians, the great composers, as they've captured almost eternal sympathy, you know, symphonies. I, I, but it's still, it, it's beyond me. But in the book of Hebrews, it, it kind of captures this. It says, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin because he viewed the reproach of Christ greater riches. He couldn't see him, but he could see him in his mind's eye. He looked to the reward. By faith, he turned his back on Egypt because he did not fear the wrath of the king because he endured because he was looking for that which was invisible. The one thing that will cause us to stumble in pursuing righteousness is that one phrase, fear of the wrath of the king. And what Jesus says is don't fear them. What can they do to you? That's why the Bible tells us time and time again, the scriptures say, even though we can't see or know for sure Trust God's word because he has promised. In fact, Paul wrote and he quoted from the Old Testament. He said, you know, I has not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him, who seek him, who pursue righteousness. We cannot imagine That's why he later wrote to the same church. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Even though outside our outside life, it may be perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. And then Paul goes ahead and says something, I think very accurately, uh, it's very accurate. Even though we have light affliction, it's only for a moment because now there is a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory waiting for us. We don't look at things that are seen, but we look at things that are not seen. Things that are seen are temporary, and that is true. But things that are not seen are simply eternal. Now, that brings me to the three things. Living the Christian life even in today. No, you may not have the flesh stripped off your back. You may not have your legs broken. You may not be put on a cross. However, I feel confident in saying living the Christian life might well disrupt, disrupt where you work. It might. You might lose your job or you might be uh, suspended for this or that reason. But that's a fact. Secondly, we may not be thrown in prison. But trying to live the Christian life today certainly can disrupt your social life. Your friends, I've been amazed that over the last five or six years how there's been such a division between family and friends over, over the reins that mankind had on trying to guide humanity. I mean, you know what it's done? You know what it's done? It has divided families. It has divided people. It has divided towns, even divided churches. Hey, get those reins out of man's hands. He doesn't know what he's doing. Finally, Christianity 
certainly may disrupt your home life. Time and time again, there's one who would like to follow Christ, the other wouldn't. Uh, I, I, one of the most amazing things that I've dealt with recently is, is one, uh, a man, they've been married 35 years, and recently, over the last three years, never a problem until we had the lockdowns and all that, and all of a sudden it split them wide open and they divorced over just difference of opinion. It's amazing to me. So that's why what Jesus said earlier and then how he concludes with this, with this beatitude is very, very, I think it's weighty. I think it has gravity on how we live. Here's what Jesus said, told his disciples toward the end of his ministry. He said, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. Let him follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. So don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But know this. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, for following me, I will come back and you take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. So for us, I think this last beatitude is actually this. Jesus, God, for those who love righteousness, we stand up and we live for God and he is good. It's just that simple. We, we live for God. Be prepared because Jesus says, if you do, understand you may be persecuted for your righteousness, for your seeking righteousness, but understand yours is the kingdom of God. However, he says, if men revile you, they attack you, they give you trouble, say all kinds of manner of things in that, he says, don't worry, rejoice. Be exceeding glad. Your reward will be in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your words that at times lift our hearts and are joyful, but at other times give us clarity on how we are to live for you. I pray today, Lord, that we as your people see with that clarity how that we are to pursue and love and embrace the righteousness that comes from God. If we do, our Heavenly Father has promised that we will hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And for that, we honor his name and give you thanks in our Lord's name. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we come to a close and just give thought to these things as we sing. 227, where you are, you can make that decision in your heart where you are. I want to pursue and seek after God's good and God's righteousness in spite of what possibly could come in my life. As we sing, Brother.